0: You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on in depth radio, News Talk ten ten.
1: Hey, happy Saturday to all of you! Hope you're enjoying this um, mildish weather. Uh, this was, of course, the year I decided that I would be really proactive, and I bought two pairs of new winter boots, like back in September, because I was thinking we're going to have a lot of snow again this year. It's going to be really cold, and uh, I haven't really needed to wear them. But I'm not complaining. Uh, it's also Oscar weekend this year. I have not seen. I haven't seen a single one of the nominated movies, which is sad because I used to go to the theater a lot, but I can't say I've done it much this year. Um, so, if there's a movie that's nominated that you think I really should see, because now I feel like I have too many options, so I'm a little overwhelmed, text me. You can let me know, seven ten ten. The show, of course, is live until 4 p.m., and you can text in at any time. But, uh, yeah, let me know. Should I be seeing that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where he has really chapped lips? Because I saw the trailer for it, and I actually couldn't even look at it. So, I'm not sure I could handle seeing him that way if the movie is, like, just him looking so rough for two hours. Um, as always, I've got great guests coming up. On the show, but today, I have a, a very personal connection to the topics we 're speaking about. so later on in the show, um, if you have a design or renovation question, Melissa Davis will join me uh, in the second half of the show, and she 's a designer that I actually hired myself to help me with my very tiny condo, the one that i 've kind of complained about a few times my tiny less than five hundred square foot condo so Melissa is actually the one who helped me figure out the space and what to do with it and how I should maximize my storage. So she'll uh, share her do's and don'ts and make sure you're getting your money's worth. And uh, we'll help you, you know, keep you from getting ripped off because you always hear about those horrible contractor and reno stories. And we'll also be giving away tickets to the National Home Show. So keep listening for your chance to win. That's coming up uh, starting on March March 10th. So at this point, if you listen to the show even just, you know, once in a while, you tune in, you're probably aware that um, I have been working with some friends to privately sponsor a refugee family from Syria. And they finally arrived in Toronto because I know I've been speaking about it for a long time and you're probably wondering when the heck are they coming. Uh, so they came in last. Friday. So they've been here for just over well a week basically. And uh they're a lovely family. We've got a mom and we've got four very sweet kids. And I met them for the first time last weekend uh, at the library. So a couple of our, our group members, we just took them to the library to spend some time. And they've been staying with a very generous couple from my sponsorship group as we find them an apartment to live in. So they are with our group. We feel they're they're well loved, they're well taken care of, we try to anticipate the Their needs in terms of things like um, we had doctor's appointments, one of them needed to see a dentist. We've gotten them their winter clothes. We're looking ahead in terms of what they'll need uh, in their new home and, you know, small things like um, soap and paper towels and pots and pans, plates, those sorts of things. Um, Yesterday, I took the two boys to buy swim trunks. I do not have children. The boys didn't know their sizes, they don't speak English, I don't speak Arabic. So here I am, at, we were I was at Winners and then I was at The Gap with these two boys trying to figure out um, what they might like and what might fit and that was a bit of a challenge but they've been really eager to go swimming. So you might also know, too, that I've been volunteering a bit with a young man, a 29-year-old. Uh, he was first featured in an interview on the CBC. He's a government-sponsored refugee. So he's here on his own. He doesn't have family or friends. He doesn't have the same sort of support network that the family does that I'm working with. So I've really quite noticed the difference in terms of what he has access to, the sort of information that's available to him. So when I post about... Um, you know the family that I'm helping, or this this young man. I, you know, I put it on Facebook. I might say, you know, hey, does anyone have uh, tickets to a family friendly venue where you can spend some time with the kids? Or hey, does anyone have some winter gear for the kids? I get a lot of interest from people who do want to help and who do want to donate. So keep listening. I'll tell you how you can help out if you've got some things to donate, or maybe some time. Maybe you actually have decided that you would like to help a new Canadian family uh, find their way around the city. And uh, so. So my first guest is someone who has actually been doing a lot of the same things that I have been doing except for to a much larger extent, um, and that is Virginia Johnson. So a Trontonian who is also an illustrator, a designer, and who has found time to... Virginia, you've been doing a lot because I even feel like... My life is so busy with having the sponsored family and sort of anticipating their arrival and then working with the young man. Um, but meanwhile, you're kind of helping people who want to um, volunteer some time and connect uh, with some of the refugees. So we're talking more specifically about the government-sponsored refugees who are staying at various hotels in the city. So what made you decide to to start helping them? Because you as well are sponsoring a family. Hi. Um
2: uh, I am um, part of a private sponsor group as well. Um, our family arrived a few days ago, and um, in early uh, in early January, my co lead Kate and I had the opportunity to um, visit one of the newer downtown hotels. Uh, about fifteen families had just arrived, and um, and saw the contrast. Saw just the the sort of huge networks of support that the private sponsor groups have, and that there were. A few hundred families um, in hotels who who needed a lot of um, needed a lot of help and guidance yeah. and connection with with um, with Canadians.
1: So the I guess what people don't realize is that um, with the privately sponsored families like like we have decided to do with groups of friends, uh, we have dis- we have committed to taking care of them for. A year, so we raised enough money that we could support them, help them find an apartment, um, and we've committed to helping them with school and ESL and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. The difference with the government-sponsored refugees mm-hmm. that have come is that they do get they get a little bit of assistance. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Um, but then when they're on their own, that seems to be a big challenge, right? Like once they find, let's say, an apartment to live yes. in. Then, all of a sudden, they don't really know the neighborhood. they don't know where to buy groceries. Right. they don't know where the school is, like those sorts of things. right. Um, from the day that they move
2: out, they they move into a, an apartment. Um, they do get um, new furniture supplied and uh, new mattresses, but nothing else. so they they do have a small budget um, for these items, but it's 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 very small um as well the day that they move out they don't have blankets sheets uh towels even food and because most of them don't speak english they don't know how to find those things so mm-hmm. they don't know how to go and find a, a a store that would sell these things and and literally that night um if there aren't people helping them then they 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 sleep without blankets right know? and they might not have food in the fridge either no they they likely wouldn't i mean they'd have to figure out how to do that themselves but it's it's very difficult so we're we're um, trying to. Um, uh, I've started an initiative with my co-lead Kate Bate and um, former Mayor John Sewell called Welcome Project, where we're trying to match groups of three, um, either pri- either from private sponsor groups and trying to harness some of that um, energy and and um, and experience, mm-hmm. and or uh, groups of three individuals who would like to come together who can be introduced to the families. Um, can help them settle, and that first night, are there with a, a box of groceries for the fridge, um, sheets, towels, blankets, and then over the next few days, they can help them navigate the city.
1: So when you when you first popped into a hotel, and I saw that you because you had written a great story for the Globe yes. um, about what you saw there and sort of the need, and also the quick response. I feel like yes. you know when you do call out and you say yes. like, "Hey, look, there's a, a young mom who doesn't have." Um, diapers or right. something. People are quick to r- huge, respond. So huge, tell me a bit about some of those early experiences when you were in the hotel and you saw like, hey, somebody needs stuff. Um, well, uh, early on, I guess we, we saw
2: that there, um, people didn't necessarily have uh, needs met and, and lots of people were wanting to help. And it's, it's hard to sometimes to harness that, um, that goodwill. Uh, There are lots of volunteers helping at a lot of the hotels and and it has to be orchestrated. So there are now groups that are helping with um, park play and um, uh, outings to... museums or to the local library or local community center for swimming, things like that. So there are lots of great things happening at the hotels and, and we're really trying to focus now on what happens when they move out and how, how they, how we can help them connect with, you know, immediately the next day, the, the school that their kids are going to go into, the, the biggest priorities for them are finding a, uh, finding housing and then mm-hmm. immediately finding school.
1: And I, I saw an article in, uh, actually, I, I saw an article online that said that, um, you know, there are a lot of, oh, about half of the refugees who are staying in hotels still have not found permanent housing, which actually doesn't surprise me based on mm-hmm. our experience because mm-hmm. the city is very expensive mm-hmm. and there's not a huge vacancy mm-hmm. rate. So mm-hmm. for these families to uh, try and find housing mm-hmm. without even knowing the city. Like, right. I mean, for me, if you said, go find an apartment for next right. month, that actually wouldn't be that easy. you right. know. Uh, so for someone who's on a, a tight budget and who doesn't know the city at all, right. who can't get around, who can't ask questions, right. um, it's a huge challenge. Does that surprise you that a lot of them are in hotels
2: still? It doesn't, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, they're, the settlement agency, Costi has a housing team. Syrian Canadian Foundation has a housing team. And then there are lots of other... Um, volunteers who are helping find housing, helping to drive to appointments. So the hotels are starting to empty out, although I've heard that they, you know, I'm sure there there will be, um, they will be filling up again. Mm-hmm. And um, and then also um, our, if if we're matching families with a group of three or or a private sponsor group, um, if the family hasn't found housing yet, definitely that's something that they're helping with. Uh, you know, they can drive them to appointments and, and sort of be their advocate so that, you know, they can, Negotiate with landlords and and find things that they perhaps wouldn't be able to find on their own.
1: Yeah, really. I I think it's so essential to have someone who knows the city even just a yes, little bit to be to be sure. there with them because you could if you dropped me somewhere in Russia and said go find an apartment and right. I don't speak the language I right. wouldn't even know where to difficult. where to begin. Yeah. Um, let alone thinking about moving in and realizing that oh I actually have nothing to sleep on right. and nothing to eat in the fridge. Right. Um, so my guess is Virginia Johnson. She has uh, been helping to match people who are interested in volunteering with some of the government sponsored refugees who are currently in hotels right now and who uh, could use some help and just, I call it like a bit of a buddy system, yes, right? They need much. some friends. They yes. just need some local friends yes. who can give them some guidance and maybe show them around a little bit. So we'll tell you more about how you can help out. We'll also tell you how you can donate because um, the Furniture Bank has been great in terms of providing a lot of these newly settled families with um, furniture and essentials but their uh, their warehouse is starting to get a bit empty. So if you've got some furniture at home or if you've got some like kitchen items as well, there's a couple of places where you can donate that. We'll tell you more after the break. Also, I'm giving away passes to the National Home Show done at the Exhibition Ground starting uh, March 10th. So keep listening for that.
0: Where opinions are celebrated. The Pay Show on News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, still to come, if you're thinking about a spring reno or some sort of refresh in your home, before you do anything, make sure you tune in to my chat with designer Melissa Davis. She'll share her do's and don'ts to help you save time and money. That's coming up very soon and your chance to win a ticket to the National Home Show. Uh, I'm back with my guest, Virginia Johnson. She's a Toronto illustrator, designer, uh, who, like myself, is part of a group privately sponsoring a refugee family from Syria. So our family's actually arrived around the same time like in this yeah, past week right. how have they been doing great yeah yeah
2: they've they're very happy to be here we mm-hmm. um, they're living downtown uh, close to all of us and and so far very very happy
1: oh it's good yeah, that's yeah we've got uh four kids in our group right. and um the one uh the the older boy I think he's 15. And yesterday was quite cold. So mm-hmm. when they went outside, he only, he just put on a blazer. Mm-hmm. And one of our group members was trying to convey to him, like, no, 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 you need to bundle up. And so he said through Google Translate that he was trying to acclimatize. <laughs> that's so funny. And she's like, <laughs> Not the right no. way. To do yeah, that. she's like, no, 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 look at me. I'm wearing like a down parka. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so we've been talking about, uh, you know, people who have, there's, there are people who have sponsored, uh, privately sponsored a family like we have. And I know when I talk to a lot of people or people reach out to me, that's not the level of commitment they're able to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely fair. It is mm-hmm. quite a commitment, both in terms of time and finances. Yes, But uh, I do get a lot of interest from people who are hearing about the stories and hearing that there are refugees um, who are in the hotels, who are government sponsored, who maybe don't have uh, as much access to information and even just a friend, just someone yes. to show them around. So you've started matching up people who are interested in in volunteering and helping out a Syrian family, mm-hmm. and you've been matching them up with a family who that is at a hotel right now. Yes. Obviously, they will be moving out once they find a home. Right. And at that point, right. they really need assistance. Right. That's right. So uh, the kind of people that you are ideal for this would be what? You're looking for teams of three? Teams of three. Um Definitely, and
2: with at least two people with daytime availability. Okay, because um, it is if 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 you ma- if you get matched and they ha- do not have do not have housing yet, um, the group will help find housing. So it can be two or three days a week for a couple of weeks, driving mm-hmm. them around to see appointments and, and that kind of thing. And then once uh, once they have a move in date, it's about three days, including moving day, that are um, ha- between a half and a full day times three days in a row. Mm -hmm. So the the first day is sort of a a box of groceries, um, making sure they have the towels. The next day, priority is schools, um, Mm -hmm. making an appointment and going with the family to visit a school, Uh, finding the local community center. We have a list of all the community centers. They have um, wraparound care where they have um, mental health, they have dental, and you can get your family doctor there. Um, And then as well, connecting with the local settlement agency so that they can then help them with driver's license, job training, ESL classes, Mm -hmm. all the other things that they're going to need.
1: And uh, one thing to mention too is because um, some people are aware of the hotels that do have some of the refugees there. You shouldn't just drop things off there. No. That's not the best way to go about it.
2: The Clothing Drive is working with Costi um, and as well with um, a toy charity to make sure that um, the refugees have, uh, the newcomers I should say, have... Mm -hmm clothing and toys, and um, it creates a lot of mayhem at the hotel because um, there needs to be enough for everybody, and there needs to be sort of an orderly way to distribute, and that ends up not happening. Right.
1: Okay. So there's a couple of places where you can donate things. So kitchen items, for example, are really needed. So pots, pans, plates, knives, forks, that sort of thing. Um, There's a place called The Hub that is opened up. It's on the Danforth, and they're open Saturday and Sunday. If you want, they have a Facebook page, and on Facebook, you can just search East Toronto Family for Syria. There's information there. Uh, Virginia, your email is virginia at welcomeproject.ca and people, if they're interested in volunteering, can contact you, right? Yes. And you'll help them. You'll help train them. There's a bit of training involved, right? right? Yes. Okay. Um, So again, that's virginia at welcomeproject.ca. Now, if you have furniture to donate, Dan, uh, Dan Kershaw is the Executive Director of the Furniture Bank. We've got Dan on the line. Um, And I know that you've been helping out a lot of families, Dan, but because of that, you need
3: more furniture. We need more furniture and we also handle small appliances and housewares too. So it's, uh, we're, Furniture Bank is all about, uh, for all these newcomers as well as many other populations in the community that are literally just able to afford an apartment mm-hmm. and nothing else. Uh, the spirit behind Furniture Bank is those people can come and uh build a home from the the uh, items that have been collected from the community so we've had a, such a big uh increase in demand both because of all of the new newcomers mm-hmm. but also uh we have a backlog of over 100 agencies that are trying to get access to our services so we're we're actually we're struggling to actually find drivers to to help us move around the city collecting things. So would
1: that be something that people could volunteer to do, or
3: uh, it's uh, these are actually paid jobs? Oh, okay. Uh, we, yeah, we're, we're we're a big organization, We've mm-hmm. uh, eight eight trucks on the road, um, but we we can would be able to put more on the road if we can find good drivers with big hearts who okay. uh, want to lend a hand. Okay. Uh, we but uh, we're working. I think we'll be. Our 40th uh, Syrian family uh, will be coming in uh, this week. Wow. Um, I think um, that might be. Might that might be me? <laughs>
1: yes. Well, I do plan uh, to bring uh, our family in because we're, we're hopeful that we've been able to secure an apartment. And if that's the case, I will be coming in with a family to pick up furniture because it's just been such a huge um, sort of saving grace for a lot of the families to be able to, to get some furniture from you. It, but of course, you really, don't have an endless really supply. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah it, it's after a house and a car, the most expensive thing most consumers buy in their whole life is furniture. So it's, you know, for people who are starting out, regardless of where they come from, um, you know, grabbing and furnishing an entire home is very difficult. And many of these Syrian families we're finding are much, much larger than what we normally serve. Mm-hmm. Our usual family is usually two or three people. Uh, we've had some families coming through that are 12 people, so multi generational families. Uh, and they need literally everything. So, uh, you know, everything that we all look around in our in our houses, uh, those are the types of things that uh, we we hope to be able to provide when they come in every day at Furniture Bank.
1: So, Dan, I know just based on how many people have contacted me who say, like, "Hey, you know what? Like, uh, we're replacing the furniture in my kids' bedroom, so I've got a whole bedroom set to give." Or we're yes. we're getting a new dining set. Um, people can drop it off. Uh, at your warehouse, which at no cost, but there is a small fee if people need uh, you to come pick it up in one of your trucks, right?
3: Yes. So one of the really important points about Furniture Bank is uh, we take the best furniture that is being given to us and we give it to the individuals for free. Unlike other charities who are receiving these items and then as a way of funding themselves, selling the items, uh, we actually run a removal service. So Many people don't have large trucks to put all of this furniture in, so we provide a service to the community where we'll charge a market fee and we'll come out with our guys uh, and remove that furniture. And the many benefits, one is it it can, you know, it's going to go to a a home.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Right now, every, you know, once you donate it, uh, within 72 hours, uh, we're turning that furniture over, and we know it's in another home.
1: You know what I think is great, uh, too, is I see so many people tossing furniture onto the curbside for garbage pickup, and I just like that it's not going to the landfill. Like There's a lot of good furniture that's being thrown yeah. out.
3: Yeah, last year alone, it was uh, we collected from homes uh, over 5 million pounds of furniture from wow. homes, and then we were able to redistribute it uh, yeah. to nearly 10,000 people last year.
1: That's great because there's so much good stuff that shouldn't be going, uh, shouldn't be trashed. Uh, so Dan, thank you so much. I really hope that more people contact you. I know that people yeah, are always buying new form. furniture. So
3: yeah. there's and o- if it's still in great condition, yeah. we would love the opportunity to come and collect it for
1: you. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Dan. Thank you,
3: Paige.
1: So that's uh, Dan Kershaw. And if you can contact the Furniture Bank if you want more information. Um, Virginia, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Paige. And again, if you want to contact Virginia, if you're curious about or interested in volunteering and helping out a newcomer at, settle in canada you can email her virginia at welcomeproject.ca you're listening to the pay chen show here on in-depth radio news talk 1010 taking a quick break back right after this
0: now back to the pay chen show on in-depth radio news talk 1010
1: hey welcome back to the show uh, toronto-based designer and expert contractor melissa davis joins me on the line hi melissa Hey, Pay. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Now, Melissa, I, I should let everyone know as well that I know Melissa well because uh, she's the one that I had hired to help me with my condo, which I moved into in the fall. And it was the first time I'd ever it's the first time I'd ever actually hired a professional to help me. And it was because, as I've complained many times, the condo is quite small. It's less than 500 square feet. And uh, and I kind of hummed and hawed. I'm like, ah, do I really need someone? And it turned out that I did. So um, Melissa's worked on multiple HGTV shows like Income Property. Shirley knows what she's doing. She uh, works in residential design, corporate retail spaces. So you've been doing this for a long time. I want to say that you've probably seen everything at this point. Yeah, I I have, and a (laughs) a few things I don't want to talk about or admit I've seen. (laughs) Like you've seen the good and bad probably more than than most designers because you've done the TV shows, and that can be like the turnover can be so quick on those. Yeah,
4: fast and really really tight budgets. Of course, that's why people are writing into the shows to get help. Yeah.
1: So So now, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say
4: also with income properties, if you can imagine they're investment properties. So people buy them not emotionally, oh, but right. for money. So they'll buy the absolute worst
1: property. They've got like dollar signs somehow like exactly <laughs> in their eyes. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about uh, like the do's and don'ts. So just, you know, I guess with, you would know this better than I would. But, you know, when the weather gets a bit warmer, people might decide that come springtime, they want to do a little refresh of their home.
4: It's true. So what happens every year is, you know, right now they're still kind of hibernating and and not thinking about it. And then, you know, April comes around and everyone wants to think about starting Renault's, But the problem is it's too far out. You have to actually start thinking about it now because all of the good trades
1: get booked up come April. Oh, I didn't think about that. So like early bird gets the worm. Early bird gets the the
4: best juiciest word. <laughs> That's
1: exactly it. So let's talk a bit about uh, the, like the do's and don'ts in terms of working with trades and designers. Because, and I will admit that I thought this as well beforehand, which was, I kind of thought a designer was kind of a luxury. Like it's like saying to someone, well, why don't you get a personal shopper to go choose that for you? So I really thought like, oh, getting a designer when I have a small budget and I have such a small space is unnecessary. Um, but it turns out You know, there's a lot of things that you do that could make life a bit easier for people.
4: Yeah. And I think the point with a designer is like, it's like any professional, right? Their job is to know the path of least resistance to get it done. So spending um, a small portion of the budget on a designer or professional to help you will actually then Allow them to take your limited budget. It doesn't mean you say you have ten thousand dollars. It doesn't mean you make that fifteen thousand dollars. you still take your ten thousand and then task them with taking it on mm-hmm. uh, of getting the job done within your budget. so that they'll know the very best sources to buy things right. Um, they'll know you know where to splurge, where to save. it's the catchphrase, but it's really true. You know we know that when people come in, if they'll be able to tell if you spend five thousand on a countertop versus three thousand right, so it really is you know letting them take on that budget and alleviating yourself from that anxiety uh, it's
1: a well I think it's really a time saver i mean if, especially if you're doing a larger project, let's say you're renovating an entire room or you know more than that
4: yeah well and and that's the other thing is you know um, a designer will know. How long something should take mm-hmm. and the sequence that it should be done in. Cause a lot of times I see people, um, you know, they'll want to renovate the second floor, but they'll start with the hallway and then they'll go to the bathroom and then they'll do the doors and it ends up stretching out over a year oh. and it, and it costs them double because every time you have trades come in to set up and do one task, one task, one task, they actually are adding a premium. So if it's possible, you know, a designer will be able to say, it's better if we do it all together. You're going to save 20% and you're going to be done in half the time. So if you can't can't pay for all of it right now, why not wait six months until you can? Mm -hmm. So it's even that kind of, you know, They'll be able to bounce around ideas in terms of the timeline and budget, and, and tell you how best to do it.
0: So
1: you also can help people in terms of the best like return on an investment. So when you're giving, when people come to you, you know, or they approach a designer and they say, "I want to do all of this stuff," uh, are there certain um, things that come up frequently that you th- you think, well, you know what, that's actually not the best place to put your money? Definitely.
4: Um, you know, p- people tend to go into these things with really good intentions and wanting to keep on a budget and then we inevitably go out and we're like crows drawn to shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> and people will will go out and see a light fixture, for example. You can spend 300 on a chandelier or you can spend 3000 on a chandelier and like remarkably they look almost the same. So it's it's really important that um you don't kind of get emotional and get drawn to things while you're in the middle of that renovation because that doesn't have a good return on investment. You know, you you have to kind of set that overall budget and then um like for example if you're doing uh an apartment or a lower level in a house mm-hmm. putting putting in a premium engineered floor isn't really necessary. You can do something like a laminate. You can do a laminate in the basement and do an engineered floor on the main levels that are tonally and aesthetically the same, and it'll end up saving you five thousand dollars. It's a better return on investment, and it's a better product for the application. Okay. And it's, just, it's just so it's sort of knowing things like that, which I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, and most people wouldn't, right? Yeah. We know we've we've been doing it so long that. It's it seems like the process is almost effortless for designers and I think sometimes people are like oh it was so easy but it's because it's so many years of kind of going through and seeing the best way to do things it it really quickly rolls together which is why a designer also I think kind of makes the process more enjoyable mm mm-hmm.
1: Now, I also know that um some uh, designers, because you work with a lot of different uh, companies frequently maybe it's flooring or countertops or yeah. cabinets that they have access to uh, discounts sometimes
4: that's right, so designers typically do get a discount the same with a with your contractor um they'll all get kind of a trade discount um and, you know, not all designers, This is. these are also questions to ask, not all designers pass on discounts. Mm-hmm. Some don't, so it's something to ask and having your contract before you start. So then you know, you know, they're passing on a portion of it and it's saving me 10% because, you know, on, on $10,000 you can save $1,000 and that offsets a lot of the design fee. So it may end up being a wash if they're willing to pass on discounts.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, and you're getting that help at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one
4: of the things I always say. I'm like, I'll pass on this portion of the discount, and with your budget, that ends up being X amount. At the end of the project, so
1: in effect, I'm free, (laughs) which is great, right? Yeah, it's amazing for someone. Um, So, Melissa, you're going to stick around when we come back. I want to talk a bit about uh, what people should do before deciding on a Reno. Also, I'd love for you to uh, give some tips on what people should ask before they hire a designer, what they should look for, because I think unfortunately, it's it's easy for some people to just give themselves a title, so people can just say, well, you know, I'm a I'm a designer because I know how to put things together, but There might be um, some tips that you can share. And we'll also give away uh, tickets to the National Home Show. Melissa's going to be there for a couple of those dates, so you can actually go down and and chat with her if you want. But we'll tell you more about that uh, coming up after the break. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. (laughs)
0: show continues on in-depth radio news talk 1010
1: Hey, if you've got a reno question or design, uh, something to do with maybe wondering what you should look for in a contractor, you can always text in 71010. I have a Toronto designer and expert contractor, Melissa Davis, on the line. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about, because basically what a designer does, and that sort of is to over, really to help oversee the project. Um, but before we decide on doing a reno, Melissa, what should we, what should people do? Um,
4: so before you start, um at all i guess it's you know figuring out it, uh what the point of the renovation is mm-hmm. so is this you know just to increase the value of your home for you now so is it expanding the space so that there's more room for your family is it for uh resale when you go to sell it is it so that you can rent it out you know you have to really Each of these things has a a different approach to it. Right. So kind of figuring out what the the end plan is. You know, most common, I get asked by people when they say, I want good return on investment. Mm -hmm. It can be tricky because they'll they'll want to be able to sell the house for the top value possible, but they'll plan on living in it for the next five to ten years before they do that. So it's a tricky balance between what are your kind of, Style, wants, and needs, so that you don't feel like you're you're living in a beige house right. that's yeah. vastly appealing for the next five or ten years. So usually we start there where we're figuring out, okay, how long are you going to be in the house? Um, is this really about making money when you sell it, or is this about living the best version of the house today?
1: Mm-hmm. Now I hear a lot. Of, well, I I feel like a lot of people hear these terrible contractor stories where, you know, you, you pay them this money and they do like a half-assed job or then one day they, they decide not to show up. So what's kind of the best way, because you work with so many contractors, like what's the best way to to make sure that we get someone who's good and who's going to follow through with the job?
4: Yeah, this is tricky. <laughs> I <don't> think, <laughs> This is tricky. It's tricky for designers. And, you know, if I'm being honest about it, I, I honestly think it's, the nature of the beast because, you know, contractors who are really hands on are good. We have two skill sets. You know, there's the business mind or there's the skilled trade that's really good at building and visualizing and creating. And sometimes those two don't come in one package. And that's the really tricky part. So I, I always say, you know, referrals, referrals, referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to ask. Not one friend, not three friends, but ask six friends and get people who they've worked before. There's uh, Homestars, which Mm -hmm. is a fantastic site that manages the ratings on trades and and contractors. Um, And for me, if I'm doing a larger job, Mm -hmm. because those two skill sets, that kind of organization and the creation are Hard to get in one person. Mm-hmm. If, if you're doing a large reno, it's actually worth hiring a larger company that has a construction manager, a site supervisor, and then skilled trades under them. Oh, so wow. It's, it's a team. Yeah. And, you know, when you price it out and you look at overall, it might cost you, you know, 10% more at the end of the day, but usually it's done faster, it's more efficient. Um, And they'll give you really detailed budgets and timelines, and there's a a really professional sequence to Mm -hmm. it. You know, you have someone who's in an office managing your budget who's constantly calling to check in with you and letting you know the progress as opposed to a guy who's on the site who's just making decisions as he goes. Right. And not necessarily circling back to that budget and updating the numbers.
1: And so, then this way you can stay, on, I, well, hopefully, on budget, roughly.
4: <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, I, and I've worked with and I do work with a variety. It's that old thing, you can't have it fast, cheap, and
1: good. You can have mm-hmm.
4: two. Oh,
1: that's a good point.
4: And that really, it really stands true. So if it's too good to be true, mm-hmm. if he's going to be the fastest, the cheapest, then you know what he's not going to be the best in terms of quality because it simply takes time to do things well. So I I know people people want some like magic solution like this is how you pick them and and this is how you get it all for the best price but truly it is track record and then just knowing going into it that it costs a premium to be organized. Right. Um, yeah and you know again like a Depending if you're hiring a designer or a decorator, um, a designer that's trained mm-hmm. uh, in that capacity can help project manage as well.
1: Okay. So, how would we know this? Like, if we're thinking about hiring, hiring a designer, what would you say we need to ask?
4: So, you need to ask if they are a stylist, mm-hmm. a decorator, or a designer. Okay. And then have them break out exactly what they do. So, do they do permit drawings in house? Mm-hmm. So do they manage that process? Do they do architectural drawings, detailed millwork drawings, and kitchen drawings? Do they project manage? Um, do they have a BCIN number, which is the number that's required for stamping drawings for submitting to the city? Oh, okay. Um, and do they have uh, trades? Or not trades, rather consultants that mm-hmm. they work with. Like I have a structural engineer that I worked with and have for 10 years. So if we're doing a large project requiring structural, mm-hmm. I use him every time. Oh, so thank you don't God. Need to hire an ar- <laughs> yeah, you don't need to hire an architect. Right. So it ends up you get the interior mm-hmm. designed and the structural component without having to add in
1: a third fee. Okay, for an architect. See, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have realized that because I've yet to do a large project. <laughs> so, but when the and time comes, <laughs>
4: yours was large enough for the yeah. scale of the size. <laughs> so, the so the Ma- Melissa,
1: I know that you're also going to be at uh, the National Home Show, and I want to let our listeners know that you can actually. I'm giving away uh, five pairs of tickets to the National Home Show. You can just text in if you want to win at 71010. Here's the thing. You need to text me your full name, first and last name, and your email address. So make sure you get that right. And I'll just randomly select uh, five winners uh, You know, up until the end of the show. So again, your full name and your email address, you can text in at 71010. The National Home Show is taking place March 10th, to 20th at the Enercare Center. If you if that doesn't sound familiar, it's because it used to be the Direct Energy Center down at the exhibition. And Melissa, you're going to be there for a couple of days, right? I am living there. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you're going to live in the home show. <laughs> I'm gonna, actually, that's not a bad place to live. Yeah, they've got really <laughs> nice bathrooms.
0: <laughs> Beautiful
4: bathrooms. I'm there March 11th, 12th, 13th, 17th, and 19th. Um, I'm on I'm on stage doing a talk all of those times, and then I'll also be, and a lot of people don't know, know we do this, but I'm going to be in the Haas Magazine booth, the so 12th, 13th, and 19th, giving free design tips, free oh, design consults. fantastic.
1: So come on down for some free advice. So all these things that other people might pay you for, they can get a little bit of design advice from you for free. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And actually, the those dates
4: I'm at the show, I'm on stage, and I'm doing a, an hour talk, mm-hmm. and and it's focusing specifically on what we're talking about. So it's that return on investment, you know, how to, how to get the best bang for the buck, whether it's your dream home and an investment property, you're trying to force equity. So we'll go through all of that and I'll give out all of my trades and. Um, product suppliers that I recommend.
1: Oh, fantastic! So again, if you want to win a pair of passes, just text in seven ten ten with your name and your email address, and I'll get in touch with you about how you can pick up your tickets. So, Melissa, when people say to you, um, "Look, I I, I want to do something to my home because I want to, you know, I want to increase the value somehow." What's the one thing that you often say? It, this is the best thing to put your money into.
4: So the number one thing, believe it or not, is paint. Oh, that's like the cheapest. <laughs> it's the cheapest and it's easiest because it's just everything looks new. Mm-hmm. So if you go around the house and you fill all the holes in the wall, you dap all the cracks in the baseboard and around your casing and then paint everything out a fresh neutral color, it looks like new. It's, it's remarkable. And that's one of those things you can do yourself because labor on painting a house is around $5,000 whereas the supplies are under a thousand.
1: Wow.
4: So if you are willing to put in a little sweat equity, yep. best best bang for the buck and then the next thing I do is the light fixtures because nothing date stamps. Mhm. If everything else looks great and new and then you have a 1970s chandelier <laughs> yep. with with tinted green glass. Mm-hmm it looks like that, that property has not been updated since the 70s. So light fixtures are huge, huge. That's great because things. you can
1: actually, in a lot of stores, even big big box stores, have fairly affordable lights that are, you know, that are very trendy and current. Um, so those Easy. are great tips. Thanks so much, Melissa. So if you want to uh, find out more about Melissa, you can always go to her website. It's mel- com. You can also visit her at the National Home Show. Um, Melissa, we'll have a great time when you're there because you're going to be living there. <laughs> Thank you. Come down, come down to my new room. I will. I'll come see you and I'll just sit in one of the tubs. It doesn't have real water. Okay. Uh, it be great. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. So thanks to everyone who has been texting in. Uh, I'll get back to those of you who have won and you can always visit paychen.com, which is my website. If you want to find uh, podcasts of the show or more information, thanks for tuning in everyone. Have a great weekend and I'll be back next Saturday. Also thanks Mike Trutler for all of your work. Mike, of course, technical producer and uh, see you next weekend, everyone.